Resistance is finally here. We kick off the newest Star Wars animated series with this special review and breakdown of the premiere episode, The Recruit. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hello, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to the very first Resistance Review episode. It's finally here. This feels ceremonial in a way. Like, here we are at the start of another. Just two girls sitting at their mics. <laughs> animated adventure. <laughs> getting ready to dive in i know we're gonna feel pain we're gonna love these new characters like it's gonna it's like the start of something new and i'm very excited mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like the start <laughs> i can only only ever think of high school musical, high school musical. right yeah. i just i just it's it's never not gonna happen um yeah i'm so excited we're finally here for resistance because resistance i mean resistance was such like a weird build-up you know what i mean it was like they we just started talking about it in February when it was like oh the trade like Star Wars just bought the trademark for the name Resistance like what does it mean that was February that was less than that was like six months ago and now suddenly it's here and we and we weren't getting promos even until like a month ago for this brand new series it was kind of crazy and I feel like it just kind of crept up on us and honestly the like hype train for Resistance kind of like crept up on me too like I was excited for Resistance but I wasn't like over the moon about it you know what I mean but. Once I found myself not wanting to watch the promo materials in order to not spoil myself, I knew that I was, like, a little bit more excited than I initially thought. That's when you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're, like, when actively I'm, avoiding. avoiding it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you get me – I think – because I watched the trailer and the first behind the scenes and I think there was another, like, 60-second something and you were like, oh, did you watch it yet? And I was like, no, I don't want to because I don't want to – I want to wait. And then I was like, oh, my God, I want to wait. <laughs> I want to wait and see it on TV. (laughs) (laughs) I think the animated shows like have a smaller lead up time for marketing. And I know that people were like really concerned about whether or not the trailer was going to drop at all or Mm -hmm. should we be worried. But I just think that it's a child based audience. I think that it just operates differently than like the general machine of Star Wars and what we're used to. And it's it's here. And I really, really loved it. I did, too. It's. It's funny, though, because we got a trailer for Clone Wars before we got a trailer for Resistance. Like, when you put it in that kind of context, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's true. That's It was kind of weird. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, it's good. I'm so glad it's here. I really love the episode. Me too. So the episode title is The Recruit, and it aired October 7th, 2018. The supervising director was Justin Bridge, and the story was by Dave Filoni. The directors were Stuart Lee and Saul Ruiz. Um, and the writer was Brandon Alman. Mm-hmm. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. And I think Dave is actually – he's just executive producer at this point. He's not involved day-to-day in Resistance. Because I think in one of the videos, like, Christopher Sean mentioned that he really has only recorded with Dave, like, once or twice at this point. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of blew my mind. Um, and in that same video, Christopher Sean was talking about how – he was really nervous to meet Dave. And I, I imagine Dave, it's so funny because we've like all we're so used to Dave, like the Clone Wars Dave, who was learning from the master and everything. And now he's like the head honcho of animation. He's, 
he's like really the guy. They grow up so fast. I know. And it's like, it's really exciting. And I'm really, really happy and like honestly kind of proud of him. I know, right? You like wipe a tear from my eye. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, but I do, this story was created and concepted by him. And I Mm -hmm. think that, um, definitely these creator, uh, these characters kind of came from him. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Well, it's interesting because Dave talked about, um, when they were talking about the development of the show about how his grandfather, I think, flew planes mm-hmm. in World War II or something. And that's always been a big influence for him, which is something that George has always talked about too. And I, I just think that's kind of funny how they're so close and they had such like a close, like, you know, quote unquote, master Padawan relationship and, and a lot of a new hope in the way that those battles were staged and everything was based off of World War II planes and fighter pilots and stuff like that. Um, and that the same thing has kind of happened with Dave now. Now he's creating Star Wars based on that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting concept, the way it's all going to play out, because we're used to Force users and um... – you know, the Jedi and these kind of mystical realms kind of being at the center of animation at this point. And what we're used to is animation diving deeper into the force. At least that's what I'm used to. And when I think about Star Wars animation, I think about like, oh, we're diving deeper into what we know from the movies. And Resistance, I think, kind of sits in a different place where it's not just like diving into what we know from the movies, but like giving us a whole new spin on something that we're really not familiar with at all. Like that this this time period where there's really not a huge conflict going on um, just yet in the galaxy and um, and how we're going to see, you know, these these pilots and how it's going to be focused on like this kind of small scale story which again is like what star wars continues to do in each like new media that they come out with this like very small scale type story do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. am i making any sense yeah yeah well i think it's perfect because the colossus is kind of like this microcosm it's got so much going on on it but yeah i i'm so interested to see how this show does dive deeper and if like if and when the force will come into play with that because so much of our like ace pilots before the the ace pilots of the resistance but like so much of so many of our like really great pilots are all really capable force users and that's a big piece of their skill is their ability to like tap into the force and stuff while they're flying like that was the deal with Anakin with Luke with Kylo with Rey too like they all kind of have this Like, they're good pilots, but they're also, like, really strong force users, too. Whereas with the people we have so far on the Colossus, you know, maybe some of them do turn out to be force users. But right now, it's, like, it's all their skill, especially with Kaz. Like, they talk a lot about how he doesn't really know what he's doing on the ground, but when he's in the air, that's where where he soars. Um, But I think – I mean, and, too, kind of thinking about how Dave isn't involved day-to-day in this story. Like, I guess he's kind of, like, outlined – and developed the concept for this show, but he's not the head writer anymore, too. And we know that, like, the force side of things is, like, what Dave really enjoys, too. So I don't know. I think it's going to be really fun to see the differences when we're not focused on a force user as our main character. Although, you know, mm-hmm. Kaz could turn out to be a force user, but he's probably not. not. He's, he's, he's not. not right he's there. not. But I do wonder um, where we'll see other force users besides, like, Kylo Ren. Or Leia. Who's definitely going to show up in this series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, def- I saw on Wikipedia he was listed as a guest. 
Yeah, and he the his uh his shuttle is in a couple of uh shots mm-hmm. in the in the like material for promotion. So it's Which happening. I can't believe I can't believe that the place we're gonna next see Kylo is in the animated show resistance. <laughs> we're so you starved know, like of it's, content. It's such a, it's such like a weird switch. I don't know. Um especially the time period that we'll be seeing him in. I'm I don't know. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you guys are familiar with how we discussed rebels, is we did a two highs and one low in our part one, and then in part two we're going to be talking about kind of the plot and storyline, what's going on on the Colossus, and then in part three we're going to do a deep dive into the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. like to be an ace pilot all right part one two highs and one low um this was really fun when we did fulcrum files to cover rebels because i don't know it was just a good way to talk about like our high points of this of the episode and kind of get like an overview we did do 20 second recaps with fulcrum files we haven't done it yet for resistance so if that's something you want us to do let us know but as of now we're just gonna stick with two highs and one low unless there's you know like so much backlash for the 22nd recap. Um, <laughs> but Charlotte, you watched the episode before I did, so I will let you start with your first high. Okay. My first high is that extremely cute opening of the entire series where it was basically an R2 unit's head. And this is my high because I think it was a really fun concept that I think was borrowed from Ryan Johnson when mm-hmm. – I don't know if you guys remember, but in The Last Jedi – Ryan wanted to open on the shot of the stars reflected in basically, I don't know if it's technically the back to tank, but um, Finn's back to tank and where he was recovering. And it was going to be this like hilarious, yeah, this hilarious like quick shot of you kind of being a little disoriented and um, kind of it, it would flip the whole like seeing the stars um, as the first thing you see after the crawl. Um on its head and I thought it was really fun here and it was a cute use and I, I mean I, I knew immediately it was an R2 unit but I still think it was really cute yeah I thought it was really cute too and I think I think you're absolutely right like it was totally borrowed from Ryan Johnson especially because we know that Ryan and Dave talked about Mortis <laughs> <laughs> I, I get giddy when I think about it <laughs> that Ryan and Dave talked about Mortis and so they were obviously like talking about these different concepts and I wonder like Part of because I know that in the in the documentary Ryan's talking about like or in the deleted scenes he talks about how that's how he wanted to open the Last Jedi but then people around him were like yeah no I don't I don't really think like it fits it's kind of throwing off the tone or or whatever and I wonder if one of the people he talked to about that was Dave. <laughs> well, and I wonder Dave if they like, were like ah oh, this this kind of fits into like an animated style like a younger crowd yeah and, mm-hmm. this is what that's what it is and it totally fits yeah it totally fits so well the opening sequence of resistance is is really fun um but my first tie is the animation style i there have been so much discourse about the animation style of resistance but i really love it i think it's so fun i love seeing like the landscapes and like the sky and the stars and the galaxy i think looks so great in this show um the ships too i think look fantastic um as we've talked about before it reminds me a lot of voltron which i've watched voltron i love that show and so for me it was really easy to kind of transition into this particular animation style and i've really been enjoying it so far 
Yeah, I think that everything is like really fluid and I kind of expected it to feel two-dimensional just because of the way it is rendered. But I actually felt the opposite. I felt that everyone was really like filled with expression and there was a lot of, I guess, I don't know if you can even talk about animation this way. I'm not an expert, but there was a lot of like points of articulation that really kind of brought all these characters to life. It was so easy to watch. The ships looks great. Um, the character faces looked great. The lighting. I have watched this episode mm-hmm. twice now. Um, I just rewatched it a couple hours ago. And I think that there was a couple scenes, like specifically in the bar, where the light just looked so real. It was this great blending of um, what we know as like CGI, uh, like Disney style. I was just watching Moana the other day and I was, you know, noticing how beautiful the light is in that movie. And I think that there's something kind of similar here in this movie, mm-hmm. in this movie, in the show that they're borrowing, where there's like this natural form of light that you don't really get with series that are technically not technically, but like kind of rendered in a 2D kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's beautiful. I loved it. I also think BB-8 is like completely adorable in this animation style. <laughs> he looks cute in any form. Like <laughs> it's just not going to get any Specifically this one though. Specifically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what is your second high? So my second high is kind of weird for me because I'm not the biggest Poe fan, but I really thought that Oscar Isaac did a really good job with voice acting. Sometimes you see these actors who are amazing stage actors and they come into the voice recording booth and they just kind of do the same thing. And it doesn't really kind of work as well. And I think that Oscar Isaac did a really good job. And I was really excited to see Poe, which is really surprising because I'm not the biggest Poe fan. I don't really care about Poe that much. And I I really enjoyed his presence. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I, th- I thought he did a great job, too. Um, from him just, like, leaning on the side of the wall, like, watching Kaz freak out or whatever, I was like, oh, my God, it's so Poe. I know. <laughs> they just, like, they got him perfectly, like, his expression and, like, his tone of voice. Like, it all just worked so well. And the way that he interacted with Kaz I thought was great. Um, that whole little scene with Poe, Leia, and Kaz was just hilarious. Um, I died. But, yeah, I think Poe was really – I, I think Oscar Isaac did a really great job as Poe. Um, and I, I think I like Poe a little bit more than you do as far as like our ranking. And I mean, the man can have like, we always talk about how you ship Poe with whoever he's in the scene with. Like his charm just like oozes out of him. And there was definitely a lot of charm from animated Poe too. So he was so fun. True. So true. So <laughs> true. His, his charm knows no bounds. <laughs> IRL, animated, in a book, wherever. He's just charming AF. <laughs> well, I just really think, you know, I watched the first episode with my mom. And my mom was like, you know, you can just really tell that Oscar Isaac loves this character and he's just kind of happy to do it and I feel like I I felt like I could feel that um Mm -hmm. there was like this dedication and understanding of Poe and I don't know when this was recorded if it was like a month ago or if it was like literally last year but I bet he's in the headspace of Poe right now and I just think that it's just kind of fun to think about that and how much he could potentially love this character and I was talking to my mom I was also like I think he's just really thankful that this character lives past act one um (laughs) yes and he's like continuously grateful for that and it really does show I I I don't know Mm -hmm. I I had a really good vibe with Poe in this first episode well it's fine because this is like very much um act one of Poe from the first 
from the first from the Force Awakens, um, especially like that kind of banter and tone he has with Finn in the beginning of like, oh, you need a pilot, like I need a pilot, like I'll help you. Um, it's like that quick kind of lightheartedness because this is this is before you know ish hits the fan um and so we get to see more of that lighthearted poe which i think is really fun like he's still serious and he still has a mission but things aren't quite as dire yet as they will become totally so what was your low i didn't get to do my second high oh right what was your second high (laughs) (laughs) my second high was kaz and niku y'all i am such a kaz stan i can't even (laughs) tell you I, you know, we, I, I talk a lot about how when I first saw Ahsoka and when I first saw Kylo Ren, like before I even heard their character voices, I was like, those are my people and they were my people. I didn't really have that exact feeling with Resistance. Like there wasn't one character that I latched on to immediately. Like I kind of felt like it would be Kaz, but I wasn't sure. But the second I saw him on screen though, like in the actual episode, I was like, this is my guy. And I like, I feel like I relate to him on such like a... <laughs> Like a high level. <laughs> like, I think you know, he's amazing. Kayla and I are like sharing a little bit of a laugh right now because there's like a couple reasons why we relate to Cass, but like they're kind of bad reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking about like the this scene like this this for me, I'm kind of jumping ahead because we have a we were gonna ask what um the funniest moment was for us in the premiere, but for me the funniest moment was when he was talking to Poe about Leia and he was like, Oh my god, Leia's gonna be here. Like, tell her she is so brave. And like, I just really admire her. And then he's like, Also tell her I said hello. It's just like it's like same Kaz, same because <laughs> when you and I met Carrie Fisher, we we're like, Oh my god, you are just like amazing. Thank you so much. Also, we love you. Like <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, that was so stupid, guys. And <laughs> I just love like how he, you know, he's like, I'm going to be the best pilot in the galaxy. And then Nico's like, oh, my God, that's the best pilot in the galaxy. Like, I just feel like that's a kind of situation I would walk myself into. <laughs> like, that's not at all what I intended. But somehow I'm the one getting beat up or like <laughs> yelled at about this and like at the center of all of this kerfluffle um, in like the cantina scene. I don't know. I just I think. I'm so excited to see more of Kaz. I love him so much. And and Niku too. Niku had the best line for me when he found out that Kaz wasn't the best pilot in the galaxy. And he was like, well, I'll just be outside pondering the weight of your deception. Best line. I, I had to pause. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Niku <laughs> is instantly likable. And I just mm-hmm. really appreciate him. He takes – he doesn't – he's not here for the metaphors. He wants the straight answers. Yeah. And- I, I don't know. I think he was lovable. He, yeah, he's just adorable. He was really him. great. But yeah, Kaz and Niku, man, and, and spe- specifically Kaz. I just – I'm already obsessed. Okay, so I don't have a low. And I don't have a low because I don't think it's fair for me to have a low right away. Um, I'm still dipping my toes in this series. And there was nothing I really didn't like about it besides I'm just eager to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess – if I were to say one thing was I, my canon brain was thinking a little bit about like, I was confused in the first, like before even before they get out of the Starfighters, um, and Poe is, you know, is like, here I am to help you Kaz. And I'm like, why are you here? Wait, what? How, how, how do you know who he is? There was a little bit of like, 
why is Poe here? Why it was like I I don't know I I maybe I need that to be explained a little bit more and maybe I'm just missing something completely and if I am please let me know but it was a little confusing to me why Poe was even there <laughs> with yeah. the with the the New Republic Navy and how he would know who he was. Yeah, it was a little confused. I think I no, I could totally agree. I think the the first I really love the first sequence, but I was like, why is Kaz here? Like what what is he? I was like, he's got intel. Okay, where'd he get this intel from? What like what is he doing? How does he meet up with Poe? I think it was a little muddled in the beginning, but kind of small details, I think, in the long run. Yeah, and um, I don't know if they're that's gonna come up later and maybe it will. Um, you know, I think that that we'll probably dive into Kaz's past, um, part of the Navy, the New Republic mm-hmm. Navy, and I think that maybe that'll that'll be when it's brought up. So I don't know if it's necessarily fair for me to put that as a low, but I, yeah, you know, watching it a second time, I was like, wait, what? I'm mm-hmm. still a little confused here. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right too. Like having us being too critical of the first episode is probably not the best move. Um, I would say my only critique is that we didn't really see any of the other aces. At all, we kind of only met um, Niku, Jaeger, Tora, and Tam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and even then, we didn't. The only one we spent any significant amount of time with were Jaeger and uh, Niku. Uh, Tora and Tam were kind of just here. They are, um, and we didn't see or hear from any of the other aces, um, which I guess you don't need to because that would have been a lot of introductions in the first episode, but they've hyped up a lot of these characters um, as we've been leading up to the show. So I was like ready to meet them all um, and we haven't yet and that's okay. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm just excited to meet them still. Yeah. And that's not even really a low because it's, yeah, like, it's not a low. These lows are, I just want to know more. And it's not really yeah. fair for us to sit here and ask that when this is literally, you the know, two episode. 20 minutes episodes put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's just what we're looking forward to and what, what we're surprised, what we're surprised wasn't in this episode, but doesn't make it a bad thing, though, that they weren't. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So did you have a, like, favorite laugh out loud moment? Because mine was, like, the Kaz and Leia one, I think. Um, or Niku. I, I yours were like I'm totally on the same page as you. I I really thought um everything with Bobby Moynihan's character and like that seeing the chicken creature I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like the gorg and everything like that. So I I don't know. I I thought the show was funnier than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I I was expecting like childish humor and I think we get that a little bit with that like purple creature that I don't know the name of. Um and that was like a little annoying, but That's I'm the, 20 oh. I'm 25 years old and like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I thought Bobby, Bobby Moynihan's character is really fun. Like that whole shop sequence. Yeah, and I'm so ex- I think that he, that whole sequence and like going into that shop is going to become a favorite because you never mm-hmm. know like what they're going to find. Exactly. And like yeah. what they're going to say and um, I'm just I'm excited about that. And when yeah. I heard his that character's voice, I was like, wow, this is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. I also really love the moment with Tora when they were flying. Like her tone of voice is just so sweetly condescending <laughs> when they're flying. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my god, I'm so glad you're keeping up, Kaz. Great job. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, I'm so glad you didn't explode. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm really surprised you didn't explode because like I'm the best pilot. 
<laughs> I love her. Yeah, I really – and how she, like, waved to him as she passed. <laughs> I really like her. Um, so, yeah, I, I like her tone, too. I think she's really fun. Like, she knows she's the best, but she's still, like, really sweet about it. But, like, she'll be you. <laughs> okay, let's move on to part two. Let's do it. So welcome to part two. Um, in our Fulcrum Files, when we discuss Star Wars Rebels, we always ask what the state of the rebellion was, and we are going to do the same thing here. So what is the state of the resistance, and what is the state of the First Order? Both are super secret. Um, I this, this episode set up so much political intrigue for me. Mm-hmm. Within the first five minutes, I was like, ooh, what's happening? Um, more so than I thought it would, honestly. I didn't think we would delve too much into it, but I think it laid the seeds for what's going to be developed throughout this series, which I'm really excited for because it really laid a lot of um, like nuggets that I think can be really interesting as we move further into like what's going on in the Colossus and with Poe and, and Phasma and how everything is kind of like the storm is brewing, which I think is really cool. Totally. I think um, there was a couple of lines that referred to the resistance as extremists. And mm-hmm. I think that we would look at the First Order and think of them as extremists. And I kind of really appreciate that perspective in this, you know, this kid show where we it's like you're so right. It is setting up some political intrigue. Um and it, it's kind of playing into everything that we know so far of about the start of the resistance. And you and I have in the back of our minds that great novel bloodline um, mm-hmm. that, you know, really talked about the division and this like quiet beginning of the First Order and um, these devotees towards the Empire. And also it talked about like the centrists and um, what's the other what's the side? The populace. Uh- Yes, populous. And um, it kind of set up, you know, this division within the New Republic Senate. And I, when we started this episode, I really felt already lived in in that galaxy. And I already, I I really just felt that that, those conflicts were already happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm really impressed that we were able to get that in this 40 minute episode. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it was. Again, this kind of show, the intrigue that's set up in this show can't happen without everything that's come before it. Um, And it's such a different like political climate than what we've seen in even the original trilogy and in the prequels, like the prequels leading up to the fall of the Republic and, you know, the rise of the Empire. That was a brand new thing. That was the first – well, not the first time, but – the first time in a really long time that something like that had happened on a galactic level like it did in the prequels. and now as we're moving into the sequel trilogy, like just what you said, we've got these factions of people that are still really loyal to what the Empire did. And that's really kind of scary, but they're all kind of working together in this um, like Senate and you've got like the base and Hosni and Prime and it's kind of forming like it looks like a government, like it looks like how it should look, you know, like what we saw at the start of the prequels. But we know what's coming down the line and there is that, you know, that sense of foreboding as we find out that no one really thinks that the First Order is a real threat. They're just kind of another political faction and the resistance, they're the ones that are really the extremists and and how and when that's all going to be flipped on its head. Um, and even too, like having someone like Jaeger who was, you know, probably involved in the rebellion and, and what Poe knows about it and to like Leia's role. And are we going to hear about some of the plot threads that got brought up in Bloodline? 
um, in resistance. I don't know. I think we will. I think we will too. I hope we do. Like I hope people like talk about like Vader and Leia. I like I'm so excited for that. I mean, I think it's going to happen. The thing that like really tipped me off was um I think let me just back up. I think in terms of what is a state of the resistance we didn't necessarily learn too much that we didn't know. Like the ship that we see, you know, Poe says that it was from the Battle of Scarif to now. So basically, it's the same thing that we know in The Force Awakens, where they're using old material from the Rebellion to create this new resistance or undercover. We hear um, Kaz's father say that they're that they're extremists, and I guess that's kind of new information. But mm-hmm. um, essentially, everything is really, you know, completely undercover, and uh, they're using what they can, and that includes extremely old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, it's like they're still just gathering intel right now. Like that seems to be the vibe. But if they're called extremists, like why are they referred to as extremists if really – we haven't heard about any like skirmishes or anything that have happened with the resistance thus far. Maybe some already have and we just don't know about it yet. But um, it's not like Kaz's father talked about like, oh, remember what happened on such and such planet? That was the resistance is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they were just kind of referred to as extremists. So like there have already been pieces moving around the, the quote unquote political board um, within the sequel trilogy. And so like what was the thing that started the formation of the resistance? Um, right. Like large scale to the point where they're like collecting like an armada um, and having like we're going to send this kid Kaz out to spy and find like a first order informant uh, aboard the Colossus. Yeah, the vibe that I get from that whole – the fact that that's the story of this entire show is the fact that, like, they're pretty desperate to find people to help them. So yeah, they just, I know. They, they pick up this guy who's a pretty good pilot, kind of nice, you know, stumbled onto the ship um, to help them and, you know, do a pretty d- big task, it seems like, spy on this pretty dangerous facility. And like, that, that to me completely underscores how desperate they are is yeah. that, you know, Poe is out here recruiting whoever he can possibly recruit L- to help Literally, who, like yeah. whoever he literally runs into. Right. And like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I just imagine what that conversation between Leia and Poe was like at the start of the episode where he's like, yeah, I found this kid. I'm going to send him to the Colossus. And Leia's just like, <sighs> <laughs> but then at the same time, she's like, uh, not right. He's kind of right. Like, we need all the help we can get. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, if this, if this blows up, Poe, you it's never heard from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it, it, it is really interesting. And, and I love the fact that no one else knows, except for Jaeger, that um, Kaz is a spy. And I'm so excited for that drama when Ish hits the fan. And when it all comes to light with his friends, like when and if it comes to light, because you know it will. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to start playing this like mystery game of like who is the First Order spy, like who's the informant. Um, I think that's going to be really fun and I bet it's going to be someone we don't expect. Who do you think it is? Like let's place a bet right now. Uh, I don't know, but I definitely think Kaz's father is involved. I think that that might be the thing though, that it's like – 
Kaz ends up talking to his dad about some of this stuff and then it turns out that Kaz's dad is actually working with the First Order or Kaz's dad is working with the informant on the Colossus and then that's how all these pieces get connected and like Kaz's father finds out that Kaz is on the Colossus and it's like this whole thing and now Kaz has to choose between like duty and family. That's totally going to happen. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I I totally think Kaz's father is a centrist and um, someone who completely opposes Leia, which automatically, as the audience, we're like, eh. (laughs) You're a bad guy. (laughs) I mean, it's tough because these lines, it's not necessarily like he's a bad guy, but maybe he will be drawn as the bad guy, you know? Yeah, well, if he he becomes – if he's the one informing the informant – on the Colossus. That's what I think is going to happen. And right. then they're they're going to find out. Or like what if Kaz's father just like shows up on the Colossus, but he doesn't know that Kaz is there. And then they run into each other and it's like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And then Kaz starts spying on his own father and that's when he finds out. And then like that same episode, Poe's like, so what do you know, Kaz? <laughs> Kaz is like, oh, crap. I am wondering – I don't want to say it's Jaeger – but I have kind of a vibe about, you know, he's so mysterious that maybe maybe he is working for both sides. You never know. No. Never know. I, yeah. No, I think Jaeger – I think Jaeger is – Jaeger is going to be a Han character where he – like, but like a gruffer Han. You know, he just – he doesn't want to be involved. That's the thing. Yeah. And he's going to be pulled in and I think he's – I think he's going to be making the right choices. I hope so. I hope so too. And that's the thing. We don't know the other characters yet. Like we haven't really met the other aces or really a whole lot of other characters on the Colossus to to really start theorizing. And and that's why I'm like, oh, it's Jaeger because he's the only one that I have any sort of vibe about him being, yeah, mysterious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely going to be someone that Kaz becomes close to. Um, Or what if if it turns out that it's like Niku, but Niku doesn't know that he's being used. Aww, that would that be, would be so sad. sad. That would be so sad. Um, but I could see something like that happening where Niku ha- like doesn't know that he's actually or being like the used. innocent is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or maybe maybe this like whole like Niku character is just like a a character, a like, front. Yeah, a front. Like we don't actually know the real Niku. Oh wow! <laughs> what if that be bananas? <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. I'm kind of into that theory. Not going to lie. Like, this is all just like a ploy. Like, Niku knows exactly what he's doing. That's the most wild theory ever. Right? That's the conspiracy theory is that the first order informant is Niku. You heard it here first. Oh, my God. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to start looking for clues. Okay. So let's talk about the Colossus because it's a really interesting and cool, unique um, setting. I love the Colossus. I want to go there ASAP. I wish the Colossus was going to be in Galaxy's Edge in Star Wars Land. I think it's such a cool – like I, I, I'm i so excited to like get the maps of Colossus and like really dive into how it was built and how all these sections are. What I think is really great about Colossus is that we're going to be on like this one – we're not going to stay there, obviously, but that's like our hub. And it's a lot bigger than something like the Ghost or like the Jedi Temple. I feel like we're going to get to know the environment of the Colossus a lot better than we've ever gotten to know any other setting in the Star Wars world, even like Lothal. 
um and the ghost you saying that makes me so excited right i'm like 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 being in people's bedrooms i'm so excited to like be in their bedrooms and 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 kaz was like where's the refresher i'm like yes kaz show us where's yeah the when he said refresher, i was like, like yes <laughs> i was I, i'm i think that the closets is a really compelling piece of storytelling and a brilliant decision upon a setting just because there's so many different avenues and places and it's kind of, it, you're you're right to say it's a microcosm because it kind of encompasses everything about space without actually having to cross those lines of like yeah and like have run into any problems with canon um because it has racing around the planet without having it be like star racing it's i don't know it's just and it's totally different and um the planet itself doesn't feel like a small town planet like tatooine or anything it feels like yeah. this big hub and big center where like everyone knows each other and i love the aunt z character by the yes. way oh she's great yeah and i i think that it's just that bar like a classic cantina scene already in our first episode was is like so star warsy but there's something about it that is warmer um, than our usual like rough cantina. I don't know. It, it was it's very homey to me. Well, what's great about the Colossus is that it's smaller than a planet, but it's bigger than a ship, and mm-hmm. so you get to have these different environments, like an actual bedroom, um, and like a a cantina, and then also like an outdoor space, and you know there's a shop and stuff, but it's not big like Tatooine, like the downtown, like Moss Eisley, where you have to like go between all these different buildings, and you're like kind of missing that travel time. And so you're missing, like, seeing pieces of the place, whereas with Colossus, like, eventually, like, they'll just be running laps around the place and, like, we'll know where they are, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really great. And, like, people have time to, like, settle there and people are staying there, too, whereas with a lot of our characters, they're, they're moving around a lot. Like, even in the prequels, like, Anakin's just shuttling himself back and forth between the temple and Padme's apartment. Like, <laughs> we don't I – mean, like, we don't ever really get to see those places in full because they are moving around so much, like, mm-hmm. to where they're going to be sleeping next, whereas they're all going to be sleeping here on the Colossus. It reminds me a lot of, like, um, like a big, like, a Navy ship or, like – yeah. Like out yeah, in like the ocean. Base. Like like it's all self-contained on this base. Um, like a cruise ship. It's like a cruise ship. Well, what's so fun about it is it's like the basis of all fun fan fictions that are like around the Rebellion era of like all of them like hanging out at the base. Yeah. <laughs> and like what – who you're going to see in the cafeteria. Like that kind of stuff. I love that. Yeah. You're so right. I can think of like four off the top of my right? head. Right? <laughs> It's just such a good setting because stuff happens. It's like school. It is, yeah. Yeah. It is like school. And it's like you can only go so far. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I I freaking love the Colossus. I'm so excited to get to see it more. I'm excited to go up in like Dozier Tower. I think that's going to be really fun. Also, just another neat, great Niku moment where Niku is like, I want to live in Dozier Tower because of the clean hallways. <laughs> okay. If you haven't noticed, this is kind of a disaster. <laughs> Okay, Niku. He's so good. (laughs) He's so good. He's so good. But is he really so bad? Yes, Caitlin. He really is. (laughs) I don't know. We're we're laughing, but like that's gonna be. I wow. I can't wait for that to happen. (laughs) And everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, they were right." (laughs) So we have a question from a listener, Sun June Kim. 
He says, hi there. I have a question for you, you two, regarding the recruit. Does the tone of the episode kind of remind you of the tone of Avatar The Last Airbender, assuming you two have seen the show? To me, the tone of Resistance seems to balance out the seriousness and lightheartedness, despite leaning a bit more to the latter as of now. What do you think about that, Caitlin? Well, I don't think either of us have really watched Avatar um, too much. I've I've watched, like, clips of it and stuff on YouTube, um, particularly, like, with the Zutara parallel to Raylo. A lot of people have pointed to that. So I've watched pieces of that. Um, and I remember watching it in passing on, like, in the afternoon, like, honestly, before Sailor Moon came on. Um, I feel like Avatar was what was on before that. Um, but... I think you're right, though. Um, it does ha- have to balance the series and lightheartedness. And I think that that's really similar to the show Voltron, which I mentioned at the top of the show, which I've watched, um, which I really love. And Kaz reminds me so much of the character Lance in Voltron. Um, and I kind of see how Kaz would have similar attributes to, I think his name is Aang in Avatar, too. So I think that they're all kind of connected in that way. And I think it is going to really balance that lightheartedness and serious aspects, um, especially once we start getting more into, like, Kaz actually finding more clues to the First Order informant. I think that's when we're going to start dipping more into that serious side of things. I think the Avatar really captured... I Like Caitlin mentioned, I really haven't seen the show, but I've watched a couple videos on YouTube. I think the Avatar captured... Um, a great market that it hits so many different types of people and different ages. And um, I think that most studios are kind of chasing that. And it doesn't surprise me at all that this tone would be similar to Avatar because I think that Star Wars has kind of constantly shown that it's possible to have storytelling on the lighthearted sense and, you know, kid-friendly, but also balancing um, serious issues and compelling storylines and even, like, the politics, like we mentioned. And um, Mm -hmm. from what I know about Avatar, it it touches those two. And I think if we were to talk, like, separately about the theme of Resistance, I think that it is, like, these first episodes are pretty lighthearted, but... I think I wouldn't expect any less because we're just meeting these characters and there's not really these like deep themes that are arising just yet because we don't really know this cast of like 30 different characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll follow that path and we'll go on that road and we will, you know, definitely feel some pain, especially because Kaz is from Hosnian Prime. My heart. I know. But <laughs> I... I think that right now what we're seeing is a really lighthearted way to introduce, you know, kids and, you know, listeners everywhere, not listeners, viewers everywhere (laughs) to watch um, the show and kind of get hooked on it and um, feel this kind of like positive vibe. Um, But I know that we're going to get into some dark stuff later. Yeah, like when Niku is revealed to be the First Order. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right. What I what's cool about Avatar is that Avatar had, uh, if I remember, like a lot of mythological components to it, which I'll be interested to see how that carries, how we see that, if like how we see that represented in Resistance, if we're gonna see it at all. I think that'll be really interesting. And Dave Filoni worked on Avatar, yes, as well. So I'm sure that there was. I mean, obviously, there's influence there just because that's part of his career trajectory. Totally. The similarities, like you, you can point them out and mm-hmm. it would be a viable similarity and connection to draw because of Dave Filoni's involvement. 
Yeah, in in both shows. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun to see once we start getting into the more serious thing. And like with most things in Star Wars, it's constantly like referring to itself um, as well. But then also, we won't be able to really see these big themes. Not that we won't be able to, but they'll make so much more sense once we're further in. And even once we're like finished with the series, too, like once we can look back and see it as a whole, um, because they they have a plan. Uh, like if we know anything about Dave Filoni, like he has a plan about these things. And so he's already – like the plan is already in motion. We're just watching the pieces unfold, but he's the – he's like the grand storyteller of this. And so we're just going to see where the ride takes us. I was thinking about how Dave always said that there's no filler episodes. And, yeah. you know, I think that – we're going to have to remember that with Resistance as well, that nothing is filler. Yeah, but so then again, he's filler. not writing every uh, it's, episode. But he's it's overseeing animation. It he is, is overseeing it. Yeah, you're right. It's all the same. The same is true for Voltron too. Like people thought that these like silly episodes were like filler, but then when you look back on the seasons, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> there were some serious things happening in that that quote unquote filler episode. So, yeah, there are no filler episodes. I think that the ones that aren't quite as obvious deserve a rewatch at the end of the season slash series. Totally. Totally. Okay, so let's talk about characters, our favorite part. I'm so excited. It's the resistance. Okay, so welcome to part three. Let's start off talking about Kaz. And we've talked about a bit about him before, but... How is Kaz different from other young leading characters that we've been introduced to specifically in animation? Kaz is entirely different. One, he's in a completely different age group. He's older than Ezra and Ahsoka were when we first met them. Ezra and Ahsoka were both like 13, 14 years old, whereas Kaz is 19, 20? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, which I think is a really interesting move. Like, I don't think I realized he was that old when we first started this resistance train um more than that he's not a force user and he's not an orphan either or he hasn't i guess we don't really know if ahsoka's an orphan but he still has contact with his family like he talks about his family and has a relationship with them which honestly just like blows my star wars mind (laughs) like (laughs) i'm used to like orphans and angst when it comes to my star wars characters and kaz doesn't really have that yet um, that was such a big driving factor for Ezra um, is the like weight and guilt of what happened to his parents. And we don't have that with Kaz. We do have a different kind of dynamic with his father in particular that they kind of allude to throughout the episode, um, which I think we'll see a lot of. But this is a completely new territory, I think. Like, we've never had a character like this who's like, oh, I need to call my dad and like ask him if I can go be a spy. <laughs> Not just that, but like ask for money. Ask for money. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> when have we ever her. gotten – the only character that I can think of is Leia who comes from a privileged bra- background and um, basically like in terms yeah. of like protagonists because I think that Kaz is like almost the opposite of Luke Skywalker in this way and mm-hmm. it's so interesting and it doesn't make him any less of a character. It doesn't make any less of a moment for him to want to be a pilot or want to be the best or want to make a difference. And I think that's what's really important um, to kind of tell these kind of stories is that Kaz kind of is has come from a high-profile family and he still has these hopes and dreams that are kind of different from what his family wants from him. And to see that unfold will be really interesting because 
I'm sure his resources from his parents are definitely going to be cut off if he is indeed standing on the opposite end of what his parents, you know, stand for if he becomes part of the resistance. And that situation will be so fascinating to unfold because I literally can't think of a character in Star Wars where that has happened to. Mm -hmm. We haven't, I mean, like the only family we know so well is the Skywalkers, but their relationships are so fraught with tension and with, you know, like the drama of the saga. Uh, Whereas Kaz, it's not going to be quite at that level, um, but it's going to be so interesting to see how it's different. I think you're right. The only character we've really seen this with is with Leia. Maybe to a certain extent, Padme, especially like what we might get in um, Queen Queen Shadow. Shadow. Uh, but still, even like as far as like film time, I get like we have that deleted scene of Padme with her family in Attack of the Clones, but it's a deleted scene. And- There's a little bit of a conflict between family and duty with Hera and her father. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I still, it's still a totally different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar, but different. Yeah, I I actually think you're probably right. Like the hair and her father are probably the closest parallel we'll see when it comes to Kaz and his father, especially if our theory of Kaz's father being more First Order side, um, that could really come into conflict between the two. Um, Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the discussions about Kylo, about, you know, when everyone was having those that discourse about how like, well, if he came from this great family, like he has no excuses kind Mm -hmm. of thing and it's like your family doesn't define you like you can still you still have problems your problems aren't any less than just because like you have a wealthy family they're just different problems um and sometimes like they're just different problems um but that doesn't make them any less than and i think that's true for cats like just because he comes from just because he's not an orphan like luke was at the start of new hope doesn't make his call to action any less important um when poe asked him to be a spy exactly so it's just a different type of cinderella story yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm so excited. I hope we get flashbacks. I hope we get to go to Hosni and Prime and like see Cass's bedroom and like baby photos that his mom has and like what his favorite <laughs> foods are. I think that's going to be so interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see this family dynamic. I hope we get to know the the um, the Kaz family. The Ziona family. The Ziona family. I couldn't remember his last name. The Kaz family. The Kaz fam. <laughs> <laughs> I – I think that there's so much there and, you know, a major criticism of The Force Awakens really was that when Hosnian Prime and the planet surrounding it exploded, you kind of just didn't care, you know? And I think a major criticism of Revenge of the Sith was when you saw Order 66, like, who were all these people being gunned down? You just didn't really care. Mm -hmm. And Clone Wars fixed that and I honestly think Resistance is also going to fix that. And watching The Force Awakens after we get a bit of life on Hosnian Prime will be really fascinating and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. They're yeah. definitely doing it. They're totally doing it. They're to- like, we're totally going to Hosnian Prime. <laughs> the, que- the question is, when are we going to Hosnian Prime? And now we can start the forever theory of where will Kaz be at in- during the events of The Force Awakens. So I've heard that the show is going to continue through Past. The Force Awakens. Yeah. They said they said that on StarWars.com, so you just have to kind of take that as gospel. And whether or not that includes Kaz, like I think it I think it will. Um, and I hope it does, because as we've learned, you know, people survive and continue on and it's like the best thing ever. So <laughs> living, man. Yeah, it's it's the best. Oh so great. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, the, but those theories are definitely happening. And I, I think it's it's not – it wouldn't be surprising to me that if this show is set six months before The Force Awakens, that Kaz would still be on the Colossus when Hosnian Prime broke, uh, blew up. Maybe he's on maybe he's on Starkiller base. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, I'm just at it with the conspiracy theories this episode. I bet I bet he I bet we have like some <laughs> some crazy shot of him like you see the back of Ray's head as he's like in first order gear, you know, like spying on Starkiller base when all of that happens. Um or like you see like he sees lightsabers clashing in the forest as he's like running the opposite direction. Wow, for something. Um, but but I bet I would put good money on the fact that Kaz is on Star Killer Base when Hosnian Prime blows up, and that he's got people on there wow. on on the planet. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about Niku. We've talked about him a, a lot, but I think that Niku already is like pulling at my heartstrings. But I think even more, he's going to become like the best character in terms of like cuteness adorableness honesty uh i just i I feel such a connection to niku already and i think that i'm not alone in this Mm -hmm. and i hope that you're wrong about your theory but (laughs) i think that he is really his honesty is really going to shine through and he's going to be like the best addition to our new crew i'm just i'm really excited about him yeah outside of my crazy theory which um i just thought of while we were here talking i didn't think of it prior um but i think niku will be like this voice of reason like he's going to be the one that like reminds everyone where their focus should be um when like things get muddled and like those lines are blurred which i think they will be between like right and wrong um i think niku will be the one to like bring them all back and be like well this is what we said we were going to do so that's what we need to do or like i i think he's going to be the voice of reason and like be almost in a way like the moral compass you know if he doesn't turn out to be the first order informant yeah <laughs> i'm totally <laughs> coming on to that okay you can why don't you take it and put it in your back pocket and save it for later <laughs> it's there i'm going to whip it out at the season 1 finale and you're going to owe me something i don't know what but <laughs> well it's it's I don't think that this is going to be Kaz's, like, only mission that we ever see him with. Um, because if you think about the way that Rebels worked as, like, a model is, you know, each season we kind of dealt with, like, an Inquisitor. And um, I wonder if each season is basically going to be, like, around, like, Kaz, like, f- helping the Resistance in some new mission, you know, well, in terms of... Um, kind of how these seasons are like structured yeah well, i wonder if it's almost a situation because rebels kind of ended where it started like about freeing lothal like they they started on they started planet side and then grew to talk about the rebellion what was going on there and like helping the rebellion set up and then they came back to this small scale of freeing lothal and, like that was the finale so i wonder if we never actually find out who the first infor- order informant is until the end of the series like the the one that started this whole thing, but Kaz is just like growing so much while he's on the Colossus, and and like other things come up that he ends up helping with and spying on and everything like that. Um, and it's not that he doesn't ever stop looking for the first order informant, but like other things start taking precedence. But then like it all kind of comes full circle, and at the end, he finds out who it is, and that's like the thing that set off this whole cycle of events for his life. I wonder if it'll play into episode nine 
even. Good God. <laughs> I think there's a chance for stuff like this to play into episode nine. I bet it will be something like what happened with Rebels where we don't see it until after episode nine has come out. Yeah, I, I would, I've been thinking about when, when theorizing about episode nine, about how the resistance basically has nothing. I wonder if we'll see some, you know, this, the show resistance, uh, like the aces or something come into play for all the people that are going to help the resistance take over the first order. Um, I don't know. I think that there is like really a chance for it to tie in more now that we are kind of really tight in this time period. Mm-hmm. And I know that we saw rebels, like we saw General Sindula, uh being called over the intercom in Rogue One, and we saw the ghost. And I think that, you know, that was a really exciting and really fun, but um, that felt like an add-on. And I do wonder if in episode nine we will get a full-fledged animated, ca- you know, animation character to screen. I-, I-, I don't know. I think that it could totally happen as we've seen happen in um, Solo and I- we can't rule that out, you know? Yeah, we can. I would be really surprised though, honestly, because – I guess because they've already – like the episode nine's already laid out. And I guess so too is Resistance, but they don't know how – they didn't know like how Resistance was going to be received. So to like have that written into episode – I don't know. I just – I would think of – you know me. I think that would be great. Um, I just don't know if I would expect it. I think I would more expect Resistance to backtrack on what happened in episode nine. Yeah. I um, think that maybe both. Yeah, like I'd be like I'd be more ready. Like I think like an Ahsoka name drop in episode nine would be more likely than like an or like a hardcore Ahsoka reference. And episode nine would be more likely than a Resistance thread or character. Agreed. Um, just because they know that Ahsoka has like a bigger fan base, like she's more recognizable. Um, at this point, she's been in canon for ten plus years now, whereas Resistance has only been with us for a very short period before episode nine came out, if that makes sense. Totally. I, I just don't think anything is really off the table. Yeah, I mean, after Maul freaking showed up in Solo, like, you're right, nothing is off the table with, <laughs> with like, the freaking robotic legs. Like, <laughs> nothing is off the table, but <laughs> that's what I'm going to put my expectations on. But I'm very willing and ready to be surprised. Totally. So let's talk about Jaeger. Jaeger, Jaeger. I think it's Jaeger. Me too. So do you think that we will hear more about his time with the Rebellion? Like, how do we think his timeline crosses over with Poe's? How do they know each other? My theory is that he knew um, Poe's parents. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Rebellion. And I think that's maybe the easiest, like, most likely thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I think that he I, – I was struck watching – the episode back a second time and thinking about Jaeger as a mentor figure and how he differs from some other mentor figures. And it's very clear that Jaeger to me is going to be a mentor to Kaz and kind of show him the ropes or, you know, look out for him. Oh yeah, um, definitely. But I think that he's definitely more of a reluctant mentor than um, any of the other ones that we've seen. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, he does have that like gruffness that Luke has, but it's different because Jaeger is like living on the Colossus, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you wonder like what he's trying to forget. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's like that's where it gets in. I was thinking about Luke. Um and if he, you know, Luke definitely has something that he wants to forget and move on from and kind of remove himself from. And um, Jaeger is kind of in a similar mindset, which is really fascinating and definitely a familiar like vibe <laughs> um, co- just coming off of The Last Jedi. And I can't wait to dive in and see more. I've seen some like photos floating around about Jaeger's family, and I haven't watched the episodes ahead just yet. Um, but I think that there's definitely something there that um, is probably filled with pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. It could not be. Who knows? Who knows? It could just be that he's separated from them. Um, not that they're dead. Mm. <laughs> they're probably dead <laughs> because that's how Star Wars works. But I think they're probably dead. I think they're probably – well, my friends are dead. Um, but they might not be. You know, like the best thing about Dave Filoni is why do they have to die? <laughs> right. Um, but they're probably dead. Um, or like captured or something like that. Maybe he thinks they're dead, but they're actually captured. Jaeger saying we'll oft all have to make some difficult choices in the future, like really hit me because of course. Um I I appreciate in the first episode how he said that and kind of underscored that because wow, like us, what are we going to deal with? What are those difficult choices? You know, Mm -hmm. Star Wars is about choices and what are our characters that like seem so happy and like good, (laughs) just like pretty, pretty uh, satisfied and content with where their life is right now and what sort of difficult choices are they going to have to make, especially as the First Order rises. Jaeger strikes me as he has kind of the same kind of wisdom as Maz Kanata does. Is that like the, I keep thinking about that? You know, I've seen your eyes before. Um, in her mm-hmm. whole speech in the Force Awakens of like evil always is around; it just takes another form. And I feel like I feel like Jaeger is gonna kind of embody that mentality too, where he's been a part of the rebellion and he looks like he could be old enough to have seen the rise of the of the empire, um, and then be a part of its downfall. And now to like see the same cycle happening again is probably really discouraging for him. And then he has this guy like Poe, who's like. Like we're like Kaz is gonna spy. We're gonna we've got the like we're gonna get it done, Jaeger. And Jaeger's like, no, you don't get it. Like I've been through this before. The cycle is just repeating. Like almost like Jin, you know. Like it's like that that line that kills me in Rogue One when Saw is like, you can stand to see the First Order or the Empire's flag above you. And Jin says, it's not a problem if you don't look up. I feel like that's Jaeger too, right now. Yes. Um, yes. And he, that so, that line just like keeps coming around. That that is like the most heartbreaking part. One of the most heartbreaking parts of Rogue One for me. I think the delivery of that line is just superb, and I think it just speaks volumes about like Jin's headspace and mm-hmm. like her like she has a good moral compass, but she's just so discouraged. And I feel like that's gonna be Jaeger too. Like he knows what the right thing to do is, but he just feels so completely helpless. Um, because he he like he did the good fight. He put it like he fought against the empire and he was victorious. But it didn't matter in the end because now the first order order is rising and he watched the empire rise too. And now it's just happening again. It didn't matter how many men he lost. It didn't matter that his family died. Um, it's all still coming back around again. And he's like, I can't go through that again. So I'm just not. I'm just not going to look up. Oh, boy. Wow, I've just built, like, this entire headcanon for Jaeger. No, I don't think it's necessarily a headcanon, though. I feel like that's actually probably what's going to happen. 
It's pretty likely, in my opinion. Yeah. So, but I mean, obviously, just like with Jen, that'll change. Um, mm-hmm. Kaz will. I, I bet it'll be Kaz that serves as an inspiration for him. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So our film characters who we've seen so far: Poe, Leia, and BB-8. Honestly, the most surprising thing for me about this episode was that Poe left BB-8 with Kaz. <laughs> you know, I think that Poe has such faith in BB-8 that and in, in that he's going to return to him, and they're going to see each other again. That I don't know. I love it. It's like maybe that. he maybe the reason why he's like so excited to see BB-8 in the Last Jedi when he's like, "Where's my droid?" I <laughs> maybe he's like learned his lesson about leaving BB with. All these different people. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I just – we'll see each other again. That just reminds me of that, like, Ray line to Finn. And then Finn. that's also overlaid with Kylo in The World Between Worlds. Like, we'll see each other again. I believe that. It's like this really heartfelt goodbye between Poe and BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see each other again. I believe that. Um, but, yeah, I think – because I, I was I was thinking about that moment in Last Jedi where he's like, where's my droid? <laughs> But then in this episode, he was like, all right, you stay here, BB-8. See you later. I I mean, I think that it's an obvious, you know, connective ploy yeah, for us to have know, BB-8 feel, there. Yeah. It's like a, you know, comfort blanket. <laughs> a comfort blanket. I mean, who doesn't like BB-8? Oh, a comfort droid. Yes. Comfort. <laughs> um, yeah. I I'm not that surprised about it, honestly. I think that maybe for post character, I'm surprised, but in terms of like the, the story, story and the yeah, way Star Wars works, and too, like BB-8 will be the one who's like contacting Poe whenever Kaz needs to talk to him. True, true. So I mean, it works. I was just like, oh, he's just not even a problem. Just <laughs> like, see you later, kid. Um, but and we did see Leia in this episode, but we didn't actually hear from Leia in this episode, which I was really surprised at actually. I am really surprised about that too. I think that they maybe are reevaluating some things with that voice actress and maybe kind of restructuring things. I don't know, that's just my working theory. Mm-hmm. But I think eventually we will hear from her. If Poe is working for the re- resistance, I I assume that I mean, if Poe, if Kaz is working for the Resistance, I assume that Kaz is someday going to talk to Leia. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's going to fanboy over it. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. And you know what? I love this whole, this this thing about Poe being like an extreme Leia fanboy, as we've seen in like the comics and everything. Mm -hmm. And then also um, now we have Kaz like being an extreme Leia fanboy. Like, I love it. Makes me very excited because it's really fun. Everyone should fawn over Leia. Tell her she's so brave. Yeah. Also, tell her I said hello, Kaz, Ziano, <laughs> Ziano. Oh my God, Caitlin, you gotta learn how to say his name, Ziano. Ziano. His name is Kaz. Ziano. Ziano. So Ziano. Kylo is totally going to appear, and I, I, I know everyone's like he's gonna show up in the season finale. He's gonna be in the season finale, and they're gonna. That's gonna be it. I honestly think he might show up before that and surprise us all. What if they have, now that I'm thinking about it, because I've been really interested to see how Kylo's appearance um, compares to Vader's appearance in Rebels because Vader is obviously the big bad. We're at an interesting time with Kylo for six months ahead of The Force Awakens, depending on when we see him in the timeline. 
And if my theory proves that um, Kaz is at Starkiller base when Hathian Prime blows up, or maybe he's on Kylo's ship, like I wonder if like they're going to use this Kylo cameo to like if I'm going to get some Ben Demption feels. Like what if what if Kaz overhears Kylo being like, no, like why why are we blowing up Hathian Prime? Like that's not what we should be doing or like something like that. You know, like that scene that was in The Force Awakens where, or in the novelization, the novelization that was like, that's not what he wanted. Like Kylo didn't want Hosni and Prime to blow up. Like I wonder if we'll hear something like that verbalized. And it's Well, like, Kylo is like pretty apolitical. Um, he like wants yeah. nothing to do with like the politics of the First Order and that's why mm-hmm. Huck exists. And I think that maybe you're right in that we'll get some sort of conflict there um, about overhearing something like that because that clearly was filmed and shot for the force awakens but cut so (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if it would be a situation where it's overheard but we know who it is because we know kylo's voice but kaz doesn't know who it is and he's like i heard someone on there talking about how they didn't agree with it but oh my god what if it's like he's talking to leia about it and he doesn't know that it's Kylo or he doesn't know who Kylo is, but Leia knows. Oh, man. Don't give me those. Wow. Feels. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, then, and then later on in The Force Awakens, Leia's like, there's still light in him because she heard it from Kaz. Oh, man. Y'all, my theory wheels are just spinning in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they're firing on all cylinders. Firing on, they're like the fireball, but it's all about to explode in like tragedy and angst. <laughs> so true. Very true. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. So what are some of uh, – before we wrap up, what are like some like parting theories that we have that aren't crazy absurd theories? Like okay. <laughs> Miku is like okay. secretly a Sith Lord. <laughs> I never said that. And this is not the this is not the equivalent of like Darth Jar Jar, okay? I'm just saying that it would be a total mind blow if like this whole time like Niku has just been playing everyone on the Colossus. Like that would just be bananas. Um I do think th- probably the most likely theory I think is that Kaz's father is going to be a, involved in the first order and that's going to create a conflict of interest for Kaz. That's probably the one that I would put money on. And Me also too. I think to the like the whole like Kylo situation I think will not be what we think it is. Yeah, I think that there's a couple of theories that I have. I think that Phasma is actually going to be a much bigger character and like a much bigger conflict than like we're expecting because we don't really expect that much from Phasma anyway. Honestly, don't care. I know you don't, but I do think that if anyone is going to, like, be the face of the First Order, it's going to be that red um, Stormtrooper and um, Phasma and, I guess, a little bit of Kylo Ren. But I think that we can bank more on Phasma. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm excited to be hearing from Gwendolyn Christie again. That's what I'll say. Yes. I'm so excited to have her back in our, like, behind-the-scenes press lives. Yes. I love her. I also think that there's going to be this, like, really interesting dynamic between um, Tora, who is from also a high-profile family. You know, her father's Captain Doza, who runs the whole thing. And then there's going to be Kaz, who, like, can't actually come clean about how he's from a high-profile family. And, like, he's just, you know, there working as a mechanic. Mm -hmm. And I think that he might feel some things about the fact that he can't come clean about that. 
And I think Tora and Kaz will have an interesting relationship going forward, maybe brother-sister, maybe teasing each other. And maybe sometimes when they're teasing each other, those like fighting words will come out about their backgrounds. And yeah. we, just, we don't know how that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're – I'm excited for the gang to all be together on screen. Totally. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bumpy ride, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I feel it. I I really do. I feel like first off, like I just want to say this was one of the stronger. I had a hard time in re- with rebels in the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, getting immediately attached. But I'm definitely immediately attached to the yeah. characters and like the 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 Colossus in general with um, Resistance. I think you're right because because Clone Wars had a rocky start as well, and then Resistance was very different too when it started. I latched onto or uh, Rebels. I latched onto Rebels a lot faster than you did, but I do think you're right that this is the strongest premiere. Like, I think I think it was so fun. I laughed so much. Um, I think the last time I laughed that much in Star Wars was in The Force Awakens, because <laughs> um, Force Awakens ended up being way funnier than I think any of us were expecting. And I knew Resistance was going to be fun. I didn't think it would like actually make me laugh out loud multiple times. Totally. So I'm I'm really excited to keep watching. I'm excited for Nigu to be the first order informant, and I'm excited for Ben Demption feels. <laughs> okay, I know the Ben 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 Demption feels are going to happen because when are they not happening? Right. But <laughs> see, this is my other working theory. I think that Kaz will see Kylo Ren do something very Kylo Ren, but then I think he'll overhear Ben Solo. Oh shoot! But he's not going <laughs> to know that they're the same person. Well, the thing is that at this point, in just to you know, wax poetic about Kylo, Kylo's <laughs> life right now is trying to prove himself and like really failing. Yeah, he, you know, I guess he's right now the master of the Knights of Ren, but I guess that's his only, you know, allocate. That's all he's got going <laughs> for. Him. He feels that he really in the Force Awakens. The whole point is that he feels like he needs to do this. He needs to kill Han Solo in order to kind of sacrifice himself towards the dark side, and it does nothing for him. But he Which continuously means. feels the pulse of the light. So what we're seeing in this point right now is his pulse of the light, and yeah. and I think that are fail like he's not. He has to prove himself in Force Awakens because he's been failing at doing that leading up to Force Awakens. Exactly. So what does that even look like? And I think that there's, you know, a big potential for us to see that. I don't know how much we're going to see about it or, like, if we should really expect that much. But you know us. Everyone knows us and how big of Kylo Ren fans we are that we're going to be waiting with bated breath. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm so excited. Me too. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. And I – did, I think we mentioned this at the top of the show, but we'll be doing separate resistance reviews from our regular Saturday episodes, except for this premiere episode. So this serves as our like regular Saturday release episode, but all future resistance reviews will be um, separate and on their own. So effectively, you'll be, you'll be getting two episodes, um, our main show and then our resistance review as well. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us, you know where to find us on Twitter. The show is at SkytalkersPod. And then our personal Twitters are at Caitlin Plusher for myself and at Clarity for Charlotte. You can also head on over to iTunes and leave us a review if you would like to tell us how we're doing. Hopefully it's five stars. Um, but just search, search for <laughs> SkyTalk. If it's not five stars, please just move along. <laughs> um, but just search for Skytalkers Podcast on iTunes and drop us a review there. Or you can visit our website, SkyTalkers.com, for any other information. 
And I just want to say a quick thank you to all of our amazing patrons, Amy, Joanna, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Rachel, Courtney, Brian, Megan, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, BJ, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Anthony, Danny, Lumpa Rabru, Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stuart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Matt, Jordan, Molly, Chell, Aaron, Rebecca, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Derek, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Thank you guys so much as always. And um, if you didn't know on Patreon, we're actually going to be starting commentaries soon. So if you're not a part of our Patreon and want to get in on that, um, this is the first month where we're going to be doing commentaries on both films and um, animated shows. So get excited for that. You can head on over to Patreon slash Skytalkers and find us there if you're interested. But until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.